Welcome to the esports journey. So I'm going to talk to you today about my journey, where it all started for me, and obviously about RIGE, Rage Game Esports. So firstly, to touch on myself, as I've mentioned in the previous episode very briefly, I, you know, I have a two-year-old daughter, a fiancé, and I've been in the industry for a long time, in and out, I would like to say, um, whereas in the background or fully involved. So my journey started very early on. Um, I was very interested in gaming from a young age, so, you know, I remember the likes of Game Boys, Sega Master Systems, Mega Drive, Nintendo, is kind of where it all started me to play in games. But where it really took off for me was uh, obviously when the Xbox original first came out, along with uh, Halo. And I just remember the first time I was in a store, which is called Game, which is a very big uh, franchise of stores within the UK, a company very similar to GameStop in the US. And I just remember picking up the control pad and I've never seen these graphics before. First time driving a Warthog, it was really hard using two sticks to drive, very, very crazy to use. And from that moment, I was hooked. So that Christmas of that year, I got an Xbox, I traded in my PlayStation, all the games, everything I could, saved up as much pocket money as I could, worked anything I could do, you know, um, from paper rounds all the way through to make enough money to, to buy this Xbox with Halo. And I remember when I first had it, you know, Christmas Day come and I put it on, I was just obsessed with this game. And I remember buying extra controllers a few months later and all my friends was all playing it. And then we all started to play against each other in their sort of the multiplayer deathmatch and that's when I became really hooked we used to play for hours and I remember the summer holidays came six weeks and we just played non-stop just fighting against each other and, and doing campaign mode fast forward a little bit further and um, I remember the, one of the game outlets had a little uh, local tournament for uh, the Halo and my friends were like you need to compete you need to compete you need to go play and I thought nothing of it for right I'll sign up well I ended up winning this little local tournament and uh, that was it, I was hooked. The competitive bug was in me. So I remember following that, the Halo 2 release came out. And, you know, I kind of stepped away from Halo for a little bit. I was really into Forza and a few other driving games. And just trying to beat lap times and, and, and whatever else there was available. And funny enough, it was my dad and my, my little brother who brought me back into the Halo scene with Halo 2. You know, it became this online multiplayer and it, that was it. So I remember running down uh, to meet my dad. We went to town, picked up uh, Xbox Live, Halo 2, and, and that was it. You know, just playing online, playing Big Team Battle, which was 8v8, um, was crazy. Like, just absolutely crazy. You know, these big maps, and you had you know, Flag and Bomb and all these various game types. Uh, and I remember I had this mentality that I thought I was the best. And I remember, you know, it's clear as day. Uh, I, play, I went and played, uh, you know, after playing the game for a few days, I said, right, let me go play, let me see how good I actually am. So I went into a free-for-all, which is, there was no particular settings, it was just a general free-for-all on Colossus, which is one of the maps. And there was this other guy in the game that I just could not catch. Like, I just could not catch him in kills. He was so far ahead in points. And... It drove me insane. Like I just couldn't catch him. And 15 minutes was up. And I lost by like 7 points. And I still remember the name. Like the guy's name was Lucky156822. 
and after I that loss, I vowed I was going to beat him. So Adam, Adam was a friend. Um, he was from the States. And we just played and played and played and played. And, you know, seven months down the line, I started destroying him in these FFAs. We started bringing people into customs and was playing all these games. And I just remember, dest- like, and destroying him. I just played the game so much, so many hours. And following on from that, I ended up going to a number of forums and, and sort of starting to talk to people. And uh, I remember in the States, they brought out, um, it's already been running for a while, but it sort of became a bit more uh, mainstream in terms of how it was being involved, which is MLG. You know, they created their own game settings and formats for maps. Uh, and I remember I used to stay up to like 3 a.m. in the morning to watch these um, players compete um, in teams of four against one another. And on their settings, you know, there's no radar. Um, only particular maps so there's you know a battle rifle snipers and rockets with um, custom power-ups on the map and that was it it all involved individual skill and teamwork and i was hooked and i just remember watching and watching and sadly i was too young to compete there was a few events being held in the uk and i was too young to compete at the time so i just followed and followed and followed the the whole scene for a while um you know having a you know playing with teams online competing against some of the best teams online as well but i wasn't eligible to compete at actual events fast forward and the, the release of halo 3 and, and that was it for me that game i was hooked i was adamant i was going to play this game competitively i was adamant that i was going to be the best so halo 3 comes out I start playing, I start uh, meeting people on uh, the Halo 3 Forum EU, we start, you know, really going into this much more detail, you know, MLG, you know, continued to grow and grow, um, his broadcast grew, uh, with likes of Chris Puckett, uh, Sundance Dijamani, uh, and a number of individuals, and obviously one of the main players back then was uh, Walshy, um, you know, phenomenal player, and I, I just remember watching the streams, and then Halo 3 events started popping up, and I was competing, I was playing and playing and playing online on um, a number of different tournament platforms, main one being game battles. And my team was running through other teams. The US teams generally beat out most of the teams. We beat a few of them, they beat a few of us. And I remember going to my very first event and I was 16, 17 at the time. And I remember the event clear as day. It was a Matchbox 360 held an event in Coventry for Halo 3 and the only reason I actually got to go to this event was it's very odd there was um, was four individuals from Newcastle and they used to play a lot you know they paid ridiculous money to have these connections it was all in sort of their their late 20s and you know they used to compete they was going down to compete at this event and you know I was rooting for them to go and win And, and what happened is their fourth player dropped out like a week before the event and I think it was two days before it was due to go down the weekend for the event. Um, I was on Xbox Live. I got a message. They asked me to come to a party chat. So I started speaking to them. Um, and, and they turned and said, look, we need a fourth. We like how you play. Yes, you're young, uh, but we'd love you to come down. Uh, you know, I was 16, 17 at the time. I didn't have the money to you know, pay to go get a hotel and everything else at the last minute. So what happened was, is they turned around and said, look, we've already, everything's already paid for. We just need you to come and play. And uh, I remember going down to the events, getting to the hotel, getting to the events, seeing the events, seeing all the top players I've been watching for a long time. And my very first game was on main stage. And it was super exciting. I was super nervous, but I was super excited. I just remember going off. 
and we end up losing the series um which isn't a great start but you know that's the way where sometimes it happens because we wasn't practiced as a team i was just chucked to the deep end really um but that sort of really gave me you know really highlighted how much i wanted to be in this industry so fast forward a little bit further we you know i've started to compete and play i'm now playing and competing with the top players we're running custom lobbies with a number of the top players and teams i start building my own team and we attended an event at one of the insomnias um two weeks prior to the event um you know we were changing the team around uh, but prior to that, what happened was the, the major thing is there was a, a few electricity issues in my area and it ended up blowing my Xbox two months before the event. So I was going to drop out. Um, it comes to two weeks before the event and I was on the verge of dropping out because I couldn't. My team had already been having someone filling for me because I wasn't able to play online. I had no Xbox. Um, you know, I didn't have the, the money at the time to, to go buy no Xbox and TV and monitor and everything else that I needed. Um, so looking at my team said to me, look, get down to the event um, obviously you, uh, some of you can stay on the campsite so that's free so we did that um, I had enough money to pay, pay for my ticket which is all I had at the time um, so I stayed on site and we had only been access so it's like a day before the event so I get down to the event and all my team are basically scrapped together to get an Xbox set up with monitor you know, control pad and X, Y and Z and the crazy thing is, is I, I played for like a solid 14 hours then slept for the, uh, the last few hours I could and then work when we had to compete and the very first game we played was Onslaught Flag and I went off I just went off like crazy off it was just insane to the point where I was overkilling teams uh, I was already known within <laughs> within the the, uh, the scene then for being very mouthy um, you know I had a very a lot of trash talk would come out of me. I was known for being very loud and uh, abusive. I would say, um, you know, I'm not going to shy away from that. Um, but you know, I was just very passionate about the game and just super hyped to be there. And I just remember we destroyed everyone we came up against. We were just beating everyone. We ended up coming against one of the um, top teams that was actually in the finals. Uh, we actually lost to them. Um, got dropped down to the losers bracket. Um, and then you know the momentum kind of slowly died uh, one of my team didn't feel up to playing the event anymore so he kind of was on defense didn't really want to play but needs to say when it came to being an actual team that's been practiced granted we didn't play for two months we was able to bring it to the point where we was just um, you know unstoppable and then we did get stopped and you know lost the momentum we were finishing um, eighth at that event with the consolation matches and that, from that point on, I just grinded out and competed and played and played until I, you know, started breaching into the top eight, top four, top three. Um, you know, but at that time there wasn't much money in the scene. So, what happened was is I trans transitioned away from playing to coaching. Then I helped organise some events, and then from there, um, you know, there was still very little money in uh, that particular game within the industry. And esports in general wasn't even a term; it was lands and online tournaments. It was more so a much bigger thing in the States with MLG sort of being the leading way for it, being the pioneer of the space. So I transitioned away and um, you know, went into sales and marketing and, and, and sort of went down that path. So on to RYG, what we're doing and the reason it's been calling the impossible platform. So simply put, it's a web platform 
where users can keep up to date with the latest esports news and information, uh, but also going a step further. So right now there is a number of individuals and companies that provide you know, relatively good information and coverage. However, we're taking to the next step, which right now the major coverage you see is for the US, parts of Europe and a bit and China. However, there is so much more to that. India's got a very huge scene that's growing consistently. Um, Turkey has a phenomenal scene and has for a number of years. And uh, you know, Africa, they have the African Esports Championship, which is 20 plus nations being involved. You know, there's a lot happening, yet very little coverage. So we're taking to a next step where we're going to cover from grassroots through to professional uh, in every region possible and every genre. The next part of the platform is, you know, we can compare in-depth statistics of professional players, teams and leagues. So what that means is that on our platform, you'll be able to use a very friendly, user-friendly dashboard. And let's take League of Legends, for example. And you want to compare Uzi and Reckless. Who is the best ADC? Not just based upon how many wins they have as a team, how many times they've been to Worlds, how many events they've won. On paper, individually skill, in the terms of their actual statistics, over the course of history, who is the best ADC? That's the stuff that fans want to know. That's the stuff I want to know. So we're developing that into our platform. The next part of our platform is education. So you'll be able to find and apply for eSports education on a local, regional, and global scale. So what that means for you is that you're able to search and a list will populate of every establishment offers a form of esports education, whether that's varsity for teams, um, scholarships, or whether that's through to economics or a form of um, you know media production or different elements that are around esports that courses and degrees have been developed around. The next part of our platform is obviously careers, so you'll be able to search and apply for various job roles, um, you know, from internships and volunteer positions that we've established with our partners, um, through to your general roles, full-time, part-time. The next part of the platform is also around health and wellness, so, you know, learn how to keep fit and healthy with advice and guidance from leading professionals within esports. So one of our main partners who provides a lot of information for us and is one of our main sources of this information you know, they are highly involved. They have nutritionists, they have sports scientists, they have a variation of different professionals that are now involved in the esports scene and done a lot of research. So there's infographics, videos, how-tos, um, you know, nutrition plans, what you should and shouldn't do, how much sleep you should have. There's such a vast array of how important it is for mental health, physical health, uh, you know, what you put in your body. So that's something that we have to cover. So that gives you a little summary of what we're developing. And as you can see, it's a quite a lot to develop. You know, our real mission behind the whole of um, you know, ROG is to help fans, uh, enthusiasts, professionals, and those that are new to esports, um, you know, stay connected, but also navigate the industry. I mean, I've spent hours and hours, um, you know, looking to find particular information you know, and it shouldn't be that hard. We live in a digital age. We live in a, an age where it's on demand. And yet eSports information is about what's actually covered. It's not really on demand. So we want to change that and give, you know, you guys, the listeners, the users, the fans, infusers, the professionals, that power back in your hands where you can search for what you want to search for. You can search terms. And you're not going through every site or everything that glists on Google because of how great uh, SEO It'll be based upon what you want as an individual and you'll be able to find that information 
relatively quick. So that's the, the whole idea and concept of RYGE and, and what we're looking to do. To really take it on to the next step, this entire journey for RYG started in June 2018. So the idea came around when, obviously, as I said, you know, struggling to find the information, spending too much time trying to find good information, you know, from translating sites, speaking to individuals, networking. You know, I want to be able to utilize all that to bring that information directly to yourselves and, and users and everyone else. So that's kind of the real idea behind it. But as I said, we started in June 18. Uh, a lot of it, you know, I made a mistake straight off the bat. I, you know, completely happy to admit that where I had too many team members to start off with. I expanded too rapidly. Um, you know, there's too many people for, for the amount of work that needs to be done. Um, so, you know, things got scaled back slightly. Some people um, decided to go another way. You know, that's, that's the case of scaling too quickly. Um, you know, and I learned that mistake. And from there, we, you know, continue to push on, develop what we have. Um, you know, we had some minor setbacks for that time. But, you know, we've overcome those now. So... When I talk about minor setbacks, you know, I had an individual that came on board to help develop the platform, uh, and we kind of lost six months worth of work with that individual. So I kind of uh, a setback on that side of things. With other aspects of uh, RYG, you know, it's been been fantastic. You know, for example, Jessica, who's my VP, she's based out in the states. Um, you know, she so she's able to sort of handle different parts of the the company and operations. When it comes down to a different time zone, as I'm based out in the UK, and it's really helped having her on board because of her knowledge. But also, one thing I would say is that when you start a company, and not just in esports, in any company, that you start as a startup um, and you completely bootstrap the company, it's nice to have outside of the the monetary. Um, you know the money that you you need to have these to start these companies, whether you have nothing or you have something. Having someone else that helps you stay accountable, which is what Jess helps me do, which is stay accountable, which is one of the the main reasons that I love her as a person, is that she helps me stay accountable, and also being able to share the journey because it can be a journey that can take its toll on you. I mean, we've been doing this for just over a year now, developing, building out. You know, making mistakes along the way, learning from our mistakes, and having the ability to turn to someone else and say, "Look, what can we do here?" Having a fresh pair of eyes on something, or just the ability to turn to someone else who knows exactly what you're going through because they're there with you is is one of the key key aspects of of this. And I would say to anyone else that's looking to start any form of company, not just within esports, but any form of company, it's about the team you build around you, and that's something that you need to learn quick. The better the team you have around you, it makes life so much easier. It really does. And I thought by having a very big team in the beginning would really, really help, but it was just overcomplicated. I didn't need to have that large of a team. So scaling everything back and keeping it well grounded has really pushed myself, Jess, and the rest of the team through to where we are now, developing something that we really feel can help the industry, help incubate and support it. And that's our, you know, our, one of our main missions is to support the growth of the esports industry, but on a global scale, not just on a local or regional scale. 
my experience so far with everything that's happened since June is it's been incredible. You know, dealing with vast amounts of time differences through to issues that arise. This list goes on. But obviously this series and what I'm looking to create here is to share sort of the day-to-day raw edit of everything. So moving forward, you know, we are going to be covering different aspects of what's happening. Um, you know, our main aspect at the moment is trying to get uh, enough content out for everyone, um, covering every aspect of esports we can, um, utilising all the sources of information that comes through to me before they're even released into the, the sort of public eye, should we say, and, and how to get those covered and... and written into an article or a video for you know to give that information out that's been one of our struggles which over the past weekend um i've taken on five or six new members which are all from staff university as um students so they're on the esports degree at staff university which obviously we've done a lot of work with staff university even before they start their course um you know myself i was speaking to the, the the main gentleman behind it which is Stuart costas who He's currently doing a PhD. He'll be one of the first to have a PhD in esports, which is crazy. And working with them and these students, that the hunger, the dedication, and the skill sets they have are incredible. Absolutely phenomenal. And I can't thank them enough. They've not been with me uh, very long, but from last weekend to this weekend coming, in a week, the amount of work and effort they've put in is absolutely outstanding. And then for anyone listening that's looking to find pure talent that has an insatiable hunger to strive and, and, be, and create something, you need to be looking towards these education establishments that are offering esports education. Because it's not... The problem I have is a lot of people look at esports education and say, well, how valid is it? You know, we want to see a proven model first. The proof's in the pudding right now. You know, these these members are volunteering for me but once we have um enough revenue or capital i will bring them all of them on full time 100 percent. they are absolutely outstanding so anyone listening if you're looking for staff you're looking for that key individual to help your business grow whether it's a startup or an established business you need to be looking towards these students and those that are in within that industry that are training, learning, um, you know, taking courses in esports. It's valid. It's not information. All these courses are developed with the help of people from in the industry. You know, and that's that's the key element I want a lot of people to take away today is that if you require a writer, a graphics designer, um, you know, a operations manager, you need someone that understands how to run events or there's a variation really the list can go on in terms of what i can cover but look towards these universities look towards staff university first and foremost their intake has doubled so just let you guys know they had 150 students last year it's now doubling up this year and it's going to set another 150 next year it's incredible and that's down to what they're doing how they're developing it, and the amount of input and advice they take on from in the industry professionals is phenomenal so I'd definitely say you need to look at that element for any business. Moving forward with RIG, we are still expanding, so we are looking for more people to come on board. Obviously, it's more in the volunteer role right now because literally I've bootstrapped everything possible um, you know, at this moment. 
So until we launch, we don't have the uh, the capital available to pay full-time salaries. So that's kind of where we're at at the moment with RBG to give you guys a real raw insight. You know, that's what the whole, this whole documentary is. There's no, no bullshit. Simple as it is as it is. I'm, I'm that sort of person. You speak to Jess, you'll probably say the same. Um, I can be quite blunt at times, but that's the way you have to be. You know, take it as you see it. With esports growing as an industry and with what we're trying to accomplish, we just want to be able to help incubate and help the industry. As simple as that. And OIG has been something that's not going to lie, it has been tiresome. Um, sometimes you do feel a bit down when things when something falls through or you feel things aren't going your way to a certain extent. And having a team that's there understanding the vision and goal and they're part of that and it becomes part of them it's, it's super incredible so what I'll do today guys I'll leave that there and we will, I'll start doing a sort of day to day following now you have the information about myself, RIGE, what we're doing my little rant on Staffordshire University and how people need to be picking up more students and helping validate that side of the industry I, w- I will say that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. The next episodes will now cover sort of the day-to-day of, these, of what we're doing, how we're developing, what's the next stages, what's our main issues, how do we overcome our issues, you know, some of our biggest wins. That's going to be coming all now in the following, the following episodes. So I really appreciate everyone taking the time to listen and um, look out for the next episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Esports Journey. If you want to find out how to get involved or keep up to date, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter or Facebook or reach out to myself or Jessica Kitchen on LinkedIn and we'll get back to you straight away.